0: It is my joy to welcome you to the Contemporary Worship Service at Church of the Palms. Thank you for joining us on this Father's Day. Father's Day can bring up a few emotions, can't it? I was thinking about my own dad who has been gone almost 30 years now, and it made me sad to think about all that he had missed with my brother and myself and our families, and as I was thinking about that, I decided to write a little haiku And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting, a way for me to deal with some of the feelings that I had. And I'm going to share it with you. And maybe it will inspire you to write a haiku for or about your dad. And maybe you'll be so brave as to post it on our church Facebook page so we can all enjoy it. And if you remember from, I don't know, elementary school, a haiku is a three-lined poem, five, seven, five, five syllables, seven, and then five. So here's my haiku for my dad. Common sense, strong, kind, pulling my car from the ditch again. No judgment, just love. Such a special day to honor and celebrate all of our dads, biological and otherwise, those men who were with us along our journeys, loving us and supporting us. So happy Father's Day, dads. We have two Zoom invitations for you to help you connect with some people in your church family. The first is that we thought it would be fun to have a conversation with Pastor Steve after he preaches. So on Monday mornings at 10 a.m., you can join a Zoom call and talk about the sermon. Uh, You can sign up on our website, and we're gonna limit it to 40 people at first. Uh, So first 40 will join in. If for some reason you don't get in and you really really want to be a part of it, please call the church office, Uh, but we think that might be a fun way for you to talk about how the sermon impacted you. Bring your questions and your thoughts. The second Zoom invitation will be for Fridays at noon, and that's just to talk about what we've been reading in the Gospel of Mark that week. It is not going to be a class, there's not going to be a teacher and students, but there will be a devotion leader who will be facilitating that conversation, just so we can learn together how God is talking to us through that reading. Finally, I want to thank you, of course, for your continued support of Church of the Palms. You know you can give in four easy ways, and you continue to do that, and we are so grateful that you partner with us in our ministry and in our mission to love God and to love neighbor. And we are so grateful to have Justin and his band to lead us in worship. Let us worship God.
1: That's behind, Sitting my heart and mind on Him, Jesus. Reaching my hands to your, needing so much more, knowing that all you have in store for me is good. It's good to taste the day you have. I will rejoice and be glad in it Today is the day you have made I will rejoice and be glad in it And I won't worry about tomorrow trusting in what you say Today is the day Today is the day Putting my fears aside Doubts behind, giving my hopes and dreams to you, Jesus. Reaching my hands to your, believing so much more. Knowing that all you have in store for me is good. It's good to taste the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I won't worry about tomorrow. Trust in what you say. Today is the day. Today is the day, today is the day Atmospheres change now. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changed. The Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around The Spirit of the Lord is here Overflowing this place Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us You're the reason we came to encounter the spheres changing now for the spirit of The Spirit of the Lord is here, oh. the evidence is all around, and the Spirit of the Lord is here, overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love. You're the reason we came to encounter of God. Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around The spirit of the Lord is
0: Well, we're at that time in our service where we have the opportunity to lift up our joys and our concerns for one another and for the world. I really miss that time when we're live and in person and you would so bravely raise your hand and a teenager would run a mic over to you and put it in your face and you would share what was on your heart. Um, I know it's not the same, but I would like to encourage you to to continue sending me email um, notes so that we can be in prayer for each other in this faith family. A couple of updates. Um, We did learn that little Millie's tumor is shrinking. She's going to turn three next month, and we know they have a long road ahead of them. We also learned that Will's cancer is growing. Will is 29 years old and they are calling in hospice. So we ask that you would keep Will's parents, Pastor Bruce and Cindy and his sister Kate and their families and of course, Will, in your prayers at this very difficult time. So we'd like to lift up in prayer all cancer patients, young and old, and their families and the medical teams, that God's presence would bring them healing, comfort, and peace. I've heard from many of you about the heartache that you feel for all of our brothers and sisters of color and the pain that is reverberating throughout our country, so of course we want to lift that up. And finally, a quick update on Kelly's dad, Earl, I don't know if you know this, but he'd had a heart attack about a month ago. So his doctor said, you need to go out and get some exercise. So he was out riding his bike last week when he got hit by a car. And now he is at home recuperating with his broken back, but he is doing so much better. And Kelly wanted us to thank you for um, our prayers and to continue praying. There's that and so much more but let us pray together gracious and loving God our hearts ache for the people we know and love who are suffering physically and emotionally from COVID to cancer and everything in between we ask that you lighten their burdens surround them and their families with your presence heal them O Lord body mind and spirit heal them with your touch and give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. Loving God, our hearts ache for the people of color who have been treated as less than. Stir in our hearts a compassion and understanding that will help heal these relationships, that will help heal our nation. We pray for a spirit of discernment, for wisdom and patience. We pray for researchers and medical professionals, for the ill and recovering, for those grieving and struggling with the weightiness of these times. And Lord, we give you thanks for all of the dads and father figures who have loved us and supported us along our journeys. Most merciful God, we come before you as broken people, and walk in your ways to the glory of your name all this we ask in the name of jesus our lord and savior amen the promises of christ are true friends you are forgiven and you are free to love and serve the lord in any way in all ways that god calls you to use your creativity and your imagination, thanks be to God. I'd like to invite my friend, the Reverend Melvin Christian to come forward to read our first scripture passage today. Melvin.
2: I would be reading from Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 13. I appeal to you therefore brothers and sisters by the mercy of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, Hospitality to Strangers.
3: Thank you, Melvin. It's good to see that we're both members of the Blue Striped Shirt Club. Um, We're grateful for your ministry with us today. Before reading the second scripture, I want to invite you to join me in something. Many of you have had the chance to view the interview I did a couple of weeks ago with Reverend Kelvin Lumpkin. Kelvin is the pastor of the Light of the World International Church, a predominantly African-American congregation here in Sarasota. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked in that conversation about the issue of race in the life of American society and in the life of the church. And I mentioned then that we have a small group of folks who have been doing some reading and talking about these issues over the last six to eight months. And, and now with the racial events that have occurred and the passionate reaction to them across our nation, we thought it might be a good idea to broaden the conversation and invite the congregation as a whole to read something together. And, though, and for those who wish to, to gather online, to discuss it. No better time, I think, for us to explore our feelings about race and society and the church than right now. So the book I'm suggesting that we read is a book of sermons written and delivered by by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called Strength to Love. I've read this book and it contains some marvelous messages about race and justice and reconciliation. Dr. King digs into the scriptures and illumines for us the consistent message of God's love for all people and God's yearning for justice. It's rooted, of course, in the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s, but the themes and principles are the same today. So I invite you to order a copy online somewhere, it's only 160 pages, and and then over the next month read it, and. On Monday, July the 20th, a month from now, we will have a conversation for those of you who are interested. We'll be doing this on a Zoom call, and the way to get on the call is to go to our website, and on the homepage, you'll be directed to the sign-up form for you to register for the discussion. I'm very much looking forward to our ongoing congregation about how the church can be a faithful witness to Christ in these times of racial strife. So once again, Strength to Love by Martin Luther King Jr. Discussion, July the 20th at 6 o'clock. Now today, in the midst of our series that we're calling Living Well, we're going to take a look at another one of the great Christian spiritual disciplines. This one, the discipline of study. Last week, Laurie shared about the discipline of prayer and solitude. Today, we're going to look at the discipline of study, the discipline of ongoing Learning. And in the book of Revelation, there is this little encounter that the apostle has with the angel of heaven where he is given a book to eat. I mean, you've heard of someone devouring a book. Well, here in Revelation, in the spirit of the discipline of study, the apostle is literally commanded to do just that, to to eat a scroll, to devour a book. So let's hear how this encounter unfolds from Revelation chapter 10. Verses 8 through 10. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take it and eat. It will be bitter to your stomach, but sweet as honey in your mouth. So I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel, and I ate it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach was bitter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come, to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, For we pray this in his name. Amen. One of the formulaic elements often used in the composition of a tragic story is for a character to proceed to act with the wrong information. There's perhaps no sadder story in all of literature than Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet where two young people from warring families fall in love and it's throughout the story that both of the families do whatever they can to keep Romeo and Juliet apart until the climactic moment when Juliet is given a sleeping potion such that she could feign death in order to avoid a rain, an arranged marriage and, and when Romeo finds her seemingly dead though really just asleep he can think of no other thing to do but to rashly drink a vial of lethal poison and upon taking Taking his last breath, Juliet awakens and finds her Romeo dead. At which point, she grabs his dagger, thrusts it into her own chest, and dies alongside her lover. And the story ends with the prince addressing the audience, for never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. One of the perils of life is when we are led to act on something that isn't true. When we arrive at conclusions, but with the wrong information. Some of us remember the story of Hiro Onoda, Hiro Onoda was the Japanese soldier who fought for the Imperial Army of Japan in World War II in the Philippines. And when the war was over, Hiro was not given the memo. No one in command had told him that he didn't have to fight anymore. No one told him that the battle was over. So Hiro Onoda kept fighting and hiding, fighting and hiding, and the government even dropped leaflets upon Hiro to try to convince him that the war was over, but he wouldn't believe it. He thought that propaganda, he thought it was a trick of the enemy, and it wasn't until 1974, 29 years after the end of World War II, that someone finally got to Hero and befriended him to understand his story, that he wouldn't surrender until he was relieved from his command by his superior officer, so they were able to track down his superior officer, who had long since retired, working as a bookseller, and and he went up into the woods to relieve Hero of his command. Unconditional surrender had occurred 29 years before. Peace had been established. Reconciliation had occurred. But in all that time, Hero had been fighting, and sadly, 30 Filipinos had died as a result of a man who had not acted upon or believed the correct information. So maybe it's fair to say that fake news isn't anything new or at least incomplete news. It is, isn't it, one of the perils of life that too often we are led to act without all the facts. I suppose to be human is to really never have all the facts. But the greatest tragedies come when we've managed to blind ourselves from seeing the more important news that may be right there in front of us. And, and maybe we have never been more at risk of getting the incomplete picture than in what I would call these days the days of suspicion. We are... Suspicious these days aren't we with all the news channels and news outlets and social media platforms Where the freedom of expression is most certainly exercised? It seems that we grow less and less confident that we're hearing the truth We have more news, but we're less confident We are not sure who to believe or what to believe and so what we often do is we run down the road of what they call confirmation bias If somewhere along the way I begun to think something, believe something, then my mind does this little trick on me where I start chasing after the information, the stories, the opinions that confirm my earlier bias. If I lean this way or that way politically, then I start listening and reading the people with whom I am most likely to agree. If I hold something within my faith, then I will sooner or later just start reading or listening to people who confirm what I've already believed. It's a human thing to do. I do it, you do it. And usually what happens is that I begin acting more and more On less and less information and the results can be tragic. Strange isn't it that what happens when we move along in life we have this tendency to let the experience of our lives along with some earlier instruction by parents or teachers or experts to act within us a little bit like quick dry cement Ah, This is what happened to me and this is what I was told this is what I was taught and furthermore I find myself turning on the same news channel reading the same newspaper Consulting the same opinion talking heads and now I have this increasingly narrow view of the way the world is and I start tragically acting upon incomplete information I fight wars that shouldn't be fought I bring to end relationships that should never have been brought to an end. Now, maybe it is at this point in the sermon where I should be saying to myself right now, Steve, most of the folks who are listening to you are coming up with all sorts of reasons for why this sermon is not about them. Maybe that's the case for every sermon I preach, like the guy that comes out of church and says to me, good sermon preacher, I just wish my wife was here to hear it. Is it possible that what you're thinking right now is that you pretty much have the information you need? That you've been around the block enough times, your mind's made up, you know the flight plan, and all the rest is fake news. All you need is more information to confirm your bias. I know I feel that way sometimes. So maybe that's one of the reasons when we look back upon the great Christian tradition that, and for that matter all the great spiritual traditions, there there is this great spiritual discipline to which believers have always been invited and that is the discipline of study, the discipline of inquiry, the discipline of intellectual and spiritual curiosity, the discipline of, of gathering and completing more the information. One of the great opportunities that exist as a human being, as a child of God, is that we have this capacity to have our minds changed. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The renewing of your minds. Neurological researchers are discovering more and more the capacity of the brain to renew itself, to to actually add brain cells. And and one of the ways it adds brain cells is by study, It's by reading, by welcoming new information, by allowing oneself to consider new perspectives, by by letting the liberal part of you consider the conservative view, or allowing the conservative part of you to consider the liberal view. There may be nothing, right, harder for us to do, but what's to lose except a brain with fewer and fewer cells. When I was a kid, I was a voracious reader. I read every day. I couldn't get enough of reading. In the morning, I would read the Detroit Free Press sports section from beginning to end. At lunchtime, I would read the sporting news about my favorite baseball team, the St. Louis Cardinals. In the afternoon, I would read the TV Guide to find out what I was going to watch on TV that night. And later in that evening, I would, drive, I would dive into the rich compendium of literature in Rolling Stone magazine. Such were the reading habits of my childhood. And I thought I kind of had the world covered. And then came college, and, and then came these professors that pointed me to more information, the great novels, the great political theorists, the great social scientists, the great biblical scholars, the great philosophers. And I, I never knew that world existed. We all had that experience in college, and I thought I was about baseball. I thought I was about the Detroit Lions. I thought I was about Deep Purple. I thought I was about the Michigan Wolverines. Well, it really is all about the Michigan Wolverines, but there was this world out there that needed to be discovered, and there was a world in here that needed to grow. Holy smokes, thank God I didn't stop at the sporting news. Thank God Dale Hess introduced me to a different way of looking at American federal government. Thank God Bob Van Dale introduced me to the social gospel. Thank God Tom Gregory introduced me to Soren Kierkegaard. Thank God Kathleen McVeigh introduced me to the Didache. Thank God Bernie Anderson showed me the beautiful and complex world of the Old Testament. Oh, how small the world would be if these great people had not opened to me new information, And I suppose that's what this invitation is about, the invitation to the discipline of study, to discover more and more the undiscovered world, to to set sail like Marco Polo, Lewis and Clark, Sir Edmund Hillary, and to see the world from different vantages and shores, to act upon more information, and to encounter God in new ways. I suppose that's what we're doing in our invitation to read together through the Gospel of Mark, to to open up the pages of Scripture and and to allow the Word of God to seep in, to study the life of Jesus, to see if there may be things there that that we have not yet understood, to, to hear Jesus speak to us in a way maybe he's never spoken before, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To take the scroll, as it says in Revelation, to take the scroll, the sweet word of God, and feel maybe it upsetting our stomachs such that we begin to think things differently, to let Jesus say a new word, show a new view, push us down a new path take up and read were the words that St. Augustine heard way back when he was just an aimless party boy. Augustine heard a voice one day and it said, take up and read. So he reached for the closest book, happened to be the Bible, and he opened it up and the first words he read were, let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And the rest is history, the renewal of the mind and the birth of one of the great leaders of the church. Imagine what the world would be like today if a young Martin Luther King Jr. had not gone in 1950 to hear an address delivered by the president of Howard University, Dr. Mordecai Johnson, when he talked in that address about the teaching of Mahatma Gandhi. Imagine if Martin Luther King had not gone out the next day and bought every book that he can find on this leader of this movement of nonviolence. Imagine where the world would be if he had not opened his mind to a new way of thinking. Christ showed us, King said, Christ showed us the way of nonviolence, and Mr. Gandhi showed us how it could work. I'm not sure where I would be if I had never read Letter from a Birmingham Jail. I'm not sure where I'd be if I had never read *To Kill a Mockingbird* or *Man's Search for Meaning* or *The Brothers Karamazov* or *Mere Christianity* or *The Road Less Traveled*, or if, my, if I had not taken my father's advice on this Father's Day, had not insisted he had had he not insisted I read *The Cost of Discipleship*. I'm not sure where I'd be. I, I'm no cat's meow right now, but I'm not the same having read those books and here's the thing think of where you and i have yet to go the study not yet done the horizons not yet viewed the perspectives not yet gained the more you know the more you know what you don't know too many books of course too little time but the journey begins with the first one right the gospel of mark maybe or how about dr king's strength to love I feel I have so much more reading to do, more studying to do about race in America, or even the novel yet untouched, or the book by someone you, with whom you vehemently disagree, or the newspaper you avoid like the plague. Take the scroll and eat, said the angel, sweet to the mouth but bitter to the stomach. But that's okay. Transformation was never supposed to feel good, And the renewing of the mind is worth every growing pain. Because, you know, there's an epilogue to our friend Mr. Onada's story. After he got the news, you know, the real news, not the fake news, but the real news, that war was over, he started down a new path. No war, no more. Instead, Later, he began a school for children that they might learn about the value of peace and life. Ain't going to study war no more. Strange what can happen when you change the channel. Strange what can happen when you, when you hear the whole story. Strange what can happen when you get the real news. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you created us in such a way that this great discipline of study can feed us all the days of our life and that our world can get bigger and bigger And that we can begin to understand the the truth of reality. And that we can embrace more and more of who you are. And that we, yes, we can have our minds renewed and our lives transformed. All for the sake of your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.
4: Remember Redemption. the word